Hi, and welcome to the Desert Heights Church Weekly Message, where we study scripture together verse by verse. Let's jump in now for this week's message. Why have you brought all this trouble on your own people, Lord? That's Moses talking to God. Why did you send me? Ever since I came to Pharaoh as your spokesperson, he has been even more brutal to your people and you have done nothing to rescue them. See, I live in fear that one of these days I'm going to be frustrated about God not giving me something that I want and he's going to smudge me out. And then I read Moses being so defiant to God and I'm like, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm okay. I'm, yeah, there's no, no worries. We read this and again, I'm asking, who is the Lord? I think Moses is asking this. Pharaoh brings it up. He says, I don't know the Lord. Who's the Lord? Tell me who the Lord is. And Moses is like, he's the one who sent me to deliver Israel. And Israel says, no, you're making us think. And now he's running back to the Lord saying, Lord, what are you doing here? I don't feel like I know who you are anymore. Evidently he takes The Lord, who is the Lord? Evidently, the Lord takes the status quo in this situation. Even though though they're in slavery and it's not good, I'm trusting that you can make the application here. The Lord takes the status quo, even though it's not good, it's still what we're comfortable with, it's what we're familiar with, and he makes it worse. Oh, hallelujah. What is God doing here? Moses does exactly what God told him to do and things get worse. Have you ever been there before? Just nod your head slightly. You don't have to get too excited. The Israelites blame Moses and Moses blames God because that makes sense. It's God's fault. He's the one messing this all up. So far, the answers to who is the Lord and why should I obey him do not have good answers. Those questions do not have good answers. I put so far the answers, so far the questions. I assume most of us recognize this mile marker, so to speak, in coming to know God. Every story that we've read has had some sort of situation where God appears to somebody and says, here's my promise, and then things get really bad before they get better, right? You do what you think is right. You do what you think is God honoring and then circumstances get worse. I'm just gonna leave it like that. Number two. (laughs) You're supposed to resolve it, Pastor Brent. No, I'm gonna let you live with it. Do your soap. Uh, Number two, here we go. Here we go, how are we doing? Oh, we're doing good. God declares that he is about to demonstrate who he is. So I titled this God's Declaration. We have several verses of God declaring. That way, there will be no question when these things happen that we know exactly who the Lord is. Sometimes people ask me about end time events. We have the scriptures. I don't know exactly how how eschatology is gonna pan out, but I know that when end time events happen, we're gonna look back at the scriptures and say, obviously, this was already spoken by God obviously. So God's doing the same thing here. He is telling them, this is what I'm going to do. I am declaring to you who I am. And then later on, well, if you're looking at your notes, 
He's going to demonstrate it. But that's down the road. Stay with me, okay? Here we go. Exodus chapter 6, verse 1. We're just continuing on. Then the Lord told Moses, now you, follow closely, now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Okay? Now you are going to see what I am going to do to Pharaoh. When he feels the force of my strong hand, he will let the people go. In fact, he will force them to leave his land. Now in human terms, out on the playground, some big words. I mean, that's a threat, right? I know some of you are like, well, it's the biblical writer. He's exaggerating the story. God wouldn't say that he's going to let somebody feel the full force of his strong hands. No, he does. That's who God is. That's why we're reading the Old Testament. Verse two, and God said to Moses, I am Yahweh the Lord. I titled this, God's declaration. This is God declaring who he is. And God said to Moses, I am Yahweh or Jehovah, the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as El Shaddai, God, what? Almighty. That's huge. Now what God is doing is he's tying himself to the oral tradition of the Hebrew God. You've heard the stories of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I'm telling you, I am the Lord of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I have revealed myself to them as El Shaddai, or I appeared to them as Almighty. But I did not reveal my name, Yahweh, to them. And I reaffirmed my covenant with them. Back from Genesis chapter 12, I reaffirmed my covenant to them. I promised a land, I'm going to give it to them. Under its terms, I promised to give them the land of Canaan, where they were living, where they were living as foreigners. You can be sure that I have heard the groans of the people of Israel, who are now slaves in, in, uh, to the Egyptians. And I am well aware of my covenant with them. He hasn't forgotten. Pharaoh says, who is the Lord that I should serve him? The Hebrew people know about their God, but they've not experienced his power. They haven't seen him revealed as, as, uh, as, as Yahweh yet. Now God declares who he is a little differently than he did Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now he says, I am Yahweh, the Lord. He is saying, I am your deliverer. I'm in New Testament terms, I'm your savior. I am it's better than, better than your savior. I am God, the savior. I'm the savior God. I'm the deliverer God. Are you with me? He's already said, I'm El Shaddai. I've already revealed myself as El Shaddai to your, pre, to your ancestors as God Almighty. I got this all under control, but now I need you to see. I need you, you, you to experience Elohim, the God over all gods, as the deliverer God, the savior God. God hasn't revealed himself yet like that in this story. Moses has not experienced God as the all-powerful savior yet or deliverer. The burning bush was cool, but it wasn't all-powerful. We know, we know him as Elohim, the God above all gods, 
God declares that he is Yahweh or Jehovah. He's the God who delivers or the God that saves. But we haven't actually experienced God as deliverer, savior yet. We've only heard references about that facet of who God is, that characteristic of God. We've seen him speak creation into existence from nothing. We've seen him work out the lives of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to to accomplish God's glorious will. But we haven't seen him deliver yet. So here's God's declaration of what he's going to do. It it gets a little bigger. It it escalates in verse 6. Absorb this. I'm going to read this really slow. Because you know, as I read through this, it's very difficult for me to let go of the New Testament correlation. Because we just got to get the story under our belt so it makes sense in the New Testament. Are you with me? So I'm trusting you to make the correlation. So I'm going to read it really slow so that you get it. Okay? Verse 6. Therefore, say this, God, Yahweh says this to the people of Israel. Therefore, say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. I will free you from your oppression. Can you make that application? And will rescue you from your slavery to Egypt. That's who I am. I'm declaring I am Yahweh, the delivering God. I am your Lord. I will free you from oppression. I'll deliver you from oppression. I'll deliver you from slavery. I will redeem you. I will, it's kind of the, it's the picture of, of Pharaoh's daughter reaching into the water and pulling Moses out of the water. She's redeeming him. I'll, I'll explain it later. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. Well, God's going to come and he's just barely going to snatch us from the flames of hell. It's going to be so close. I hope we make it. Dude, no. I will claim you, pardon me, I will redeem you with, with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. And then I love this part. I will claim you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your God, who has freed you from your oppression in Egypt. I will bring you into the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as your very own possession. I am the Lord, and the word Lord there is Yahweh, Jehovah, deliverer. Because sometimes he uses a different word for Lord. But here it is specifically Yahweh. He's saying to the Israelite people, he's saying to Moses, tell them, we're not playing games. I am God. I am the Lord who delivers. Stay with me, okay? Stop complaining already. The Lord is your God. He will redeem you with powerful and great acts of judgment. Yahweh or Jehovah will not just deliver you from oppression of slavery. Watch the picture of of the Pharaoh's daughter. She's not just going to take him out of the water and set him on the bank and go, good luck, dude. Little baby, six months old. I hope, I hope no snakes, you know, those giant Nile anacondas. I don't know what they have going to come up and eat. Good luck, man. I'm not staying around. No, she takes him out of the water. And what does she do with him? I told you a while ago, 
She adopts him into the palace. I can't let it go. Jehovah will not just deliver you from oppression. He's not just going to take us out of slavery. He's going to deliver us to, in this story, the promised land. He's going to take us out of Egypt. He's going to put us in the promised land. He won't just set you free, church. Listen, this is the good part of the sermon. He won't just set you free. He'll make you part of his family. He'll adopt you into the kingdom of God. Elohim, who said light be and light was, has claimed you as his own. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, some of my favorite scriptures, he says, For you are a chosen people. Chosen by who? God, good answer. You are royal. He says you are royal priesthoods. He doesn't call them orphans. He doesn't call them. <laughs> Sorry, my mind went a really bad direction, but I'm going to go ahead and share it to you. He doesn't call them floaters. You guys were just out there in the river bobbing around. You're just floating around. Floaters, there's a bad connotation there, but it's whatever. We'll edit that out of the sermon before it gets to the radio. He says you are royal priests. You're a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his what? Wonderful light. And then verse 10, this is the part I was getting to. I was reading the other part just because it's good. In verse 10, he says, once you had no identity as a people. No identity. Talk about racial equality. The Israelite people, while they were in Egypt and they were slaves, no identity whatsoever. No identity. Once you were a people, once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received not the Pharaoh's mercy, not the king's mercy, not the governor's mercy, not mama's mercy. You have received the mercy of the God Almighty. Dude. God is declaring who he is and what he's about to do. And he says, you will know that the Lord is your living God. And when you do, when you realize who God is, then you'll know why you should obey him. Does that make sense? Verse nine, we gotta hurry up. So Moses told the people of Israel what the Lord had said because he's got this great message and it's really good and he can't wait to tell them, but they refused to listen anymore. They had become too discouraged by the brutality of their slavery. Now, listen church. It's easy for us to judge them harshly, but discouragement to the point of disobedience is not far from most of us. Right? Being unwilling to listen to God is pretty common. It's pretty common in America. Pretty common in Farmington. I hate that it might be common in Desert Heights Church. Because we get discouraged and it's like, I just don't want to do what is right. I want to do what my flesh wants to do, which is whip out a sword and lop off some heads. Right? 
I think sometimes we don't read our soap. We don't do our daily devotions. We don't get into the word of God because we don't like what God is telling us to do. So it's easier to just not know him so that we can more easily not obey him. Israel refuses to listen to God anymore. We don't want to hear it. We don't want any more discouragement. We don't want any more instructions. We just want to go back and live the way we always have, even if it is in slavery. Verse 10, then the Lord said to Moses, go back to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and tell him to let the people of Israel leave his country. But Lord, Moses' objective, I got to admit, I'm kind of on Moses' side at this point. But Lord, <laughs> your kids would never do that to you, right? But dad, it's hard. But Lord, Moses objected. My own people won't listen to me anymore. How can I expect Pharaoh, the king, the Pharaoh over all of Egypt to listen? I'm such a clumsy speaker. It's my fault. I've messed up. You can't even fix this, God. Verse 13. But the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them orders for the Israelites and for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord commanded Moses and Aaron to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. Moses basically is saying, nobody listens, God. Nobody listens. They don't listen to me. They don't even listen to you anymore. Right? Are you feeling, Moses? I'm telling you, as a pastor, pastors feel this sometimes. We preach our best sermon ever. Three days later, somebody comes in our, in our office and says, man, that was, a great, that was a great sermon on David. Like I preached on Moses. <laughs> Why do I waste my time? Parents, right? Your kids listen to you all the time, right? No, they don't. Teachers, though. Probably any one of us in any position of responsibility feels like those who are supposed to listen to us don't, let alone those who are in authority over us listening to us, right? But the Lord God Almighty commanded Moses and Aaron I don't care what other people say. I don't care how you're feeling or what you're thinking. Go back to Pharaoh and lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. Moses and Aaron still have the same marching orders. Nothing has changed. They have the same job to do. Now, a little parenthetical part here. Verses 14 to 27 are, it's a whole detour that show that Moses and Aaron are descendants of Levi. Um, I'm not 100% sure why that's all important right there, other than they're the priests, they're spiritual leaders of, of the Israelite people. I'm going to skip over it for the sake of time. Verse 28. When the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, he said to them, I am the Lord. Tell Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, everything I am telling you. But Moses argued with the Lord saying, I can't do it. I'm such a clumsy speak, 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 speaker. I'll get, I'll get trash for that. <laughs> Why should Pharaoh listen to me? Watch what God does. We, we have to put a chapter break there because it's so dramatic. Exodus chapter seven, verse one. Then the Lord said to Moses, Lude. every time he says, then the Lord said to Moses, it makes my skin crawl just a little bit. Because can you imagine if it was your name? Then God said to Brent, who was being a jack wagon. 
Oh, hold on to your britches. Then the Lord said to Moses, pay close attention to this. I will make you seem like God to Pharaoh and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. Get your brain around that. God says to Moses, pay close attention. I will make you seem like God to Pharaoh. Verse uh, two, tell Aaron everything I command you. And Aaron must command Pharaoh to let the people of Israel leave his country. Do it again. But I will make Pharaoh's heart stubborn so I can multiply. So here's the reason. So I can multiply my miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. Think about it. It's a catch 22, isn't it? You go tell Pharaoh, I'm going to harden his heart so that I'll be glorified. He may beat the wampus out of you, but I'll be glorified. Sure, God, want to trust and obey. Verse four, nobody said it's easy. Even then Pharaoh will refuse to listen to you. Thanks for the encouraging word, God. It's a attaboy, good job. You just go, it's gonna hurt. So I will bring down my fist. Let's go back and read that all at once so they get the full effect. Even then Pharaoh will refuse to listen to you. So I will bring my fist, I will bring down my fist on Egypt. Then I will rescue my forces, my people, the Israelites from the land of Egypt and great at, with great acts of judgment. When I raise my powerful hand and bring out the Israelites, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. Isn't that cool? Chapter, verse one, God says, Moses, watch this. I'm going to make you seem like God to the Pharaoh. Verse five, I'm going to raise my powerful hand and bring out the Egyptians. I mean, bring out the Israelites. The Egyptians will, they will not seem like. They will know to the depths of their being that the Hebrew God is the Lord of all lords and the king of all kings, the God over all gods. There will be no doubt. This is about what God is revealing about himself. It is about him revealing his glory to Moses and Aaron and the Israelites and even the Egyptians. This is not for the comfort of the people. You can't fire me. That's what the Bible says. People knowing the one true God Israelite or Egyptian, this story is not about a baby in a basket or ineffective leadership. It is about God revealing to the Egyptians that he, not just to the Egyptians, to the world throughout all of time, to us this morning, that God is the one true God. He is Yahweh, your deliverer. Number three, here we go. Oh, I'm down to the last 40 pages. <clears throat> God's demonstration. We have God's declaration. He says, this is what I'm going to do. And now we're beginning this whole part of God's demonstration, which by the way is long. Uh, we're not going to do it all this morning. Okay. Calm down. Have a breath mint. You'll make it to lunchtime. You're not going to go out and eat anyway. We might as well just stay. <laughs> we, we can make it back to Mount Sinai. No, we can't. The question was, who is the Lord and why should Pharaoh listen and obey him? 
God declared who he is. He only declared who he is, which maybe that goes a little ways. And now God is going to demonstrate who he is because Moses can come and tell Pharaoh, my God says such and such. And Pharaoh says, well, I have 12 other gods that say something different. So shut up your silly questions and go away. Right? So we need a demonstration. Verse six. So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded them because these guys are brave and maybe scared. I don't know what's going on in their minds. Poor guys. Verse seven. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron was 83 when they made their demands to Pharaoh. You picturing this? 80 and 83. I kind of think they're past their prime. I don't know. Moses and Aaron's going to go stand. Uh, They're shepherds. Probably both of them are shepherds. They've worked hard. These are as blue collar old guys as they get. This is often when we decide, "Ah, I'm used up. I'm too old. It's not my time. Let the young people do it. Yeah, I'm coming after old people. Sorry. Because I hear it every once in a while. Let the young people do it now. Really? You know what? When you're 90, we'll start talking about your spiritual retirement, okay? (laughs) 80 and 83, they're still confronting kings. So, come on. Uh, Verse 8. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Pharaoh will demand. Moses and Aaron, the Lord's going to tell you what's going to happen. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, verse 8, 9. Pharaoh will demand, show me a miracle. When he does this, say to Aaron... Take your staff and throw it down in front of Pharaoh and it will become a serpent. Bum, bum, bum. Verse 10. So Moses and Aaron, they went to Pharaoh and they did what the Lord had commanded them. And Aaron threw down his staff before Pharaoh, the king, and his officials. And it became a serpent. Oh, that's it. This is it. God demonstrates something supernatural. We have a miracle. And now Pharaoh, seeing this stick turn into a living snake, he has to believe, obviously, obviously, the true living God is with Moses and Aaron. Verse 11. Then Moses called his own wise men and sorcerers, and these Egyptian magicians did the same thing with their magic. They threw down their staffs, which also became serpents. But then Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Pharaoh's heart, however, remained hard. He still refused to listen, just as the Lord had predicted I'm going to deviate just a little bit for a second, but stay with me. In the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we read of the miracles of Jesus. He performs all these miracles. It is obvious, unequivocal, that Jesus is the Son of God. But did everyone believe? No. Some people see the miracles of God and their heart continues to be hardened to who the Lord is and why they should serve him. Now, back to Moses in the following scripture, God is going to send 10 plagues to Egypt, demonstrating that he is the Lord God Almighty. I don't want to get ahead of today's text, but church, not everyone is going to see the miracles and believe when we declare, when God declares that he is God, not everybody's going to believe. 
And when he demonstrates who he is, they're not going to believe. Some will refuse to serve the Lord, but that's, that does not mean that God is done, right? He's not done because the scripture tells us that there's a day coming where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. God's not done. You and I, similar to Moses and Aaron, must remain faithful. Whenever it seems like we have hit the wall, whenever we have every reason in the world from our perspective to be discouraged about what God is or is not doing, we think of Moses. He goes back to God. God, this is falling apart. And God says to Moses, I am Yahweh. I deliver. Stop looking at the circumstances. Fix your eyes on God. Not all these other things. Not other people's opinions. Not on, on the, but they're my fellow Israelites. They're my fellow Hebrews. I should, uh, I should empathize with them. Hmm. Remain faithful. Continue to trust that Jesus really is Lord over all and that he has all things under his control for the purpose of demonstrating that he is the one true God. That's the purpose. Well, Brent, I got into Christianity because it was going to make my life better. I can promise you it'll make your eternity better. Church, it's not enough to just know about God. I want to experience God. I want God present and Lord over every aspect, over every aspect of my life. I want him to demonstrate his glory in and through my life because I got none. I want God to be demonstrated, his glory to be demonstrated, his light to shine through desert heights. Not Brent, not the pastoral leadership team, not wow, what a great building. It is for the glory of God. It is all for the glory of God. You have been listening to the Desert Heights Church Weekly Message. We meet on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. on Main Street in Farmington, New Mexico. If you'd like more information, please visit our website at desertheightschurch.com.